So if you are a member of the Goyi Kids, or help with that. The rest of us grab our Bibles, Second Chronicles chapter 34, and the discipleship class. Yes, excuse me, those in the discipleship class. If those with that would go ahead and go downstairs with Pastor as well. The rest of us grab our Bibles, Second Chronicles chapter 34, Second Chronicles in chapter 34. And um, not really a series, but we've been going through some of the kings um, in Judah's reign there. Um, in the book of Second Chronicles, it's important to remember who the book of Second Chronicles was written to. is written to those who are back, coming back into the land after the Babylonian captivity and is reminding them of where they've been and why they were in the position they were in. And as we read, um, we're going to study the life of Josiah some tonight and we're going to study this topic, A Good Time to Live for God. So let's read Second um, Chronicles chapter 34 beginning in verse number 1. The Bible says, Josiah was eight years old when he began to reign. And he reigned in Jerusalem one and thirty years. And he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord, and walked in the ways of David his father, and declined neither to the right hand nor to the left. For in the eighth year of his reign, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David his father, And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. And they break down the altars of Balaam in his presence and the images that were on high above them. He cut them down and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. He break in pieces and made dust of them and strode it upon the graves of them that had sacrificed unto them. And he burnt the bones of the priest upon their altars and cleansed Judah and Jerusalem. And so did he in the cities of Manasseh and Ephraim and Simeon, even unto Naphtali with their mattocks round about. And when he had broken down the altars and the groves and had beaten the graven images into powder and cut down all the idols throughout all the land of Israel, he returned to Jerusalem. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just come before you tonight. We're in need of your help, Lord. I just pray that your word would be clear to speak, that it would be applied to the lives of each one here, that we could learn more about you and how you want us to live for you each and every day because of the message tonight, Lord. I just pray that you'd guide my mouth, that I would say what you'd have me to say, and nothing that you would not, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. Today we're going to, as I mentioned, we're going to study this, this title from this text, A Good Time to live for God. We've heard a lot, if, we've, if you've been reading the news, if you've been keeping up with the news, we've heard a lot about building a legacy over the last few months. It's been in how this one, um, our current president of the United States, is interested in having his legacy remembered. Well, each one of us do have a legacy. But our legacy isn't what we make ourselves. I'm, this is going to be my, le- my legacy. I'm going to determine my own legacy and write history of how everyone will remember me. But we do determine how people remember us. We do determine our legacy by what we do. Not what we say we want people to remember us by, but, but, but by what we do. And each of us will have a legacy. You know, some people have had great legacies. We think of George Washington and our country's history and the legacy that he had. But he didn't have this legacy because he started out and said, 
as he grew up in the colonies of Great Britain and say, one day I'm going to lead the Continental Army against, the United, against Great Britain and win the battle and become the first president of the United States. I can promise you as a young boy that was not in his mind. Because it wasn't. The idea of rebelling against, against Great Britain at that time was ridiculous. But as he did what was right and lived a moral, lived a, a, a um, life according to things that were right, even a godly life, his legacy was made as he made right decisions. Such that it is commonly told the story of the cherry tree and that George Washington could never tell a lie. But how many people have destroyed themselves and others by trying to make themselves famous or trying to create for themselves a wonderful legacy? But in today, as we live today, as Christians, we are, we're not trying to build ourselves a great legacy. We're not trying to make ourselves important. But I believe the actual idea of the word legacy is passing down some, something that is passed down. Something valuable that you would pass down, almost like an inheritance. And I believe if we live a godly life, there is something valuable we can pass down to the next generation. There is, if we make decisions according to the Word of God, there is something that we can be remembered by. Something that is good, something that is right. And that is what we find in Josiah's life here. He got what God had to say about him years after him, after he had passed off the scene, was that he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord. And you, you, we might say today, sure, that, you know, that's what God had to say about Josiah. That was great. You know, he was a king. He could do all these wonderful things. But I want to remind you that he lived in a very wicked time. And as we look around today, we live in a very wicked time as well. There's things going on in, in our world that we can say, does God really expect me to live holy? Does he really expect me to live every decision according to his word? It is so easy to allow the things of this world to overwhelm us and to the point to where, you know, I can't really live for God today. But God does want us to live according to his word. And he has left many examples in his word of those who have failed and of those who have lived for him. And we are to look at the examples God has given us and learn lessons that will help us live for God today. If we're going to understand a little bit about Josiah and why he was able to have the legacy that he had, that he did that which was right in the sight of God, we're going to need to go into the background, stay with me a little bit of the history of the Israel at this time, and find out that the reason why Josiah had this godly legacy was because of some very important decisions that he made and how he lived it. You see, Josiah was placed on the throne during very wicked and troubled times. The northern king, remember how um, during Rehoboam's reign, the kingdom was divided as we studied a couple weeks ago? Well, this is hundreds of years later. And the northern kingdom, 80 years before Josiah took the throne, around 80 years before Josiah took the throne, the northern kingdom was taken captive by Assyria and removed from the land. In judgment from God. They had sinned so much under, under Jeroboam and under their other kings, under Ahab. They continued to sin. They continued to rebel against God. And God finally in judgment had come and removed the ten northern tribes from their land through Assyria and taken them captive to the land of Assyria. This group would never in mass return to the land. They were scattered. And Judah 
should have taken warning. This was during the reign of Hezekiah, around 80 years before. They should have taken warning. At that time, Hezekiah was living for the Lord. There was good things happening in the land of Israel. But Josiah's grandfather, Manasseh, the son of Hezekiah, had one of the longest reigns of the children of Israel and had led the kingdom of Judah into great rebellion against God. There was just wickedness, wickedness in the land. In fact, God's record of it, if you read in prior chapters, was that he did worse than the heathen before in the land. In fact, that he had the the sins of the land led by Manasseh, the people of worshiping other gods and even sacrificing their children to false gods and just the vile things that they were doing. God says about Manasseh that he did, he led the children of Judah to do worse than the Canaanites that Israel had driven out of the land under Joshua. The wickedness of the land of Judah was so great it was according to tradition, not, we don't necessarily know this for sure, but prophet Isaiah was under Hezekiah and was still there under the reign of Manasseh. And um, it is believed that Manasseh had Isaiah executed because he was standing for God and trying to teach the children of Israel and warn Manasseh, this is what God has said. So is Ju- the pink kingdom of Judah at this time was not doing well. It was wicked. There was wickedness throughout the land. There was idolatry everywhere. Manasseh had reigned for 55 years and had been just a time of utter rebellion against God. Excuse me, just wickedness was rampant. And then Manasseh's son comes on and he only reigns for a few years before he's put down just because of the great wickedness that is in his land. And what he reigned only two years because of the wickedness. And he didn't humble his heart. This is Josiah's heritage. This is where he's come from. For the past 57 years, there's just been wickedness in the land. And great rebellion against God. In fact, God's word reveals that the people were stiff-necked. That they were hard-hearted. During the reign of Josiah, we find it would be contemporary with Jeremiah. And how he's the weeping prophet and he's weeping for the sins of his land. And Isaiah, years before, had warned against God's judgment is coming if you do not turn your ways. If you turn to God, God will heal you. But you have to turn to God. But yet, they went into greater and greater rebellion. They had stopped listening to God. They were believing in their strength and their ability to accomplish things. And it was a wicked Wicked time. God's judgment was imminent. It would be just a few short years later before the kingdom of Judah was removed and taken to Babylon in the Babylonian captivity, which we know about eventually they returned. And that's when Second Chronicles was written. But God's judgment has imminent. God's prophets were there. They were preaching and saying, turn from your ways. God's judgment is coming. Repent. Come back to God. Because God's judgment is going to fall on your land. And we can look around us today and we can find ourselves not necessarily the same position. Israel's different. But we can see the wickedness of our country. We can see the wickedness of places that claim to be worshiping God and claim to be doing things. We can see the wickedness promoted. Yet God did not leave us here just to mope around 
because of the wickedness that is in our land. God definitely expects us still, no matter what is going on, to live holy lives, to live dedicated to God. God did not have any less expectations on the children of Israel, even on the children of Judah, even though they had rebelled against God, God was still calling them back to holiness. Even though God was going to judge them because of their sin, God was still sending prophets and calling them to live holy lives. God was still expecting them to live according to His Word. And as we live today, no matter what is going around us, no matter what happens on Tuesday, we are still expected to live for God. We are still, God still wants us to live according to His Word. He doesn't just want us, He expects us to. He commands us to. And that's where Josiah comes in in this story. He comes into this great wickedness. He comes into this time of moral decay in his land. And yet, Josiah built a godly legacy during these troubled times. His testimony, according to what God has written in Scripture, this is, is, um, this is Josiah's testimony. This is his legacy. And he did, verse number two, and he did that which was right in the sight of the Lord and and walked in the ways of David his father and declined not neither to the right hand nor to the left. He did that which was right in the sight of God. Even during these wicked times, Josiah did that. Once again, the idea of right there is straight. He did what God wanted him to do. He was obedient to God. He was obedient to God's Word. He did that which was right. God wasn't like, well, you know, He did some things. No, He says, He did that was right in the sight of God. And it says, He walked in the ways of David, His father. Many of the kings prior to this, He says, they did that which was right in the sight of God, but not like David, their father. Such as, well, they obeyed in some parts, but they didn't obey wholly. Because the Bible tells us that David was a man after God's own heart. And that he lived for God, even though he sinned, even though he made mistakes. David was a king that all the rest of the kings of Judah and Israel were matched up to. And David had lived for God. And we could look back over the kings of Israel before Josiah, the kings of Judah, excuse me, and how some of them did live for God like the ways of David, or how they completely rebelled against God, or some lived halfway. They, they did which was right, but not like unto David their father. They left some things undone. But this was Josiah's legacy, that he walked in the ways of David his father, and says, and declined not, neither to the right hand, nor to the left. He didn't, he didn't deviate. He didn't move from what God's word said. He, this is what God said about him. He continued to live. For God, And he didn't turn to the right hand, and he didn't turn to the left. He stayed on course. While we were going up, driving up to um, Quebec this, um, this past week, there's the GPS in the car. And the GPS had this little yellow line, or depending on if you're using your phone, often it's a blue line. That is telling you, if you've used it, you're going this way, and this is the course you're supposed to stay on. Now... Driving around New York City sometimes, if you know a shortcut, you're going to deviate. You're going to turn and then suddenly the blue line will match up, come back and say, Oh, I see where you're going now. This is what Josiah did. He saw what the Word of God said and he just stayed on course. He didn't go to the right hand. He didn't go to the left. He didn't say, I know a shortcut. 
or I know how I'm gonna, I can get around this obstacle up ahead. Even during the wicked times, even though the people were committing wickedness as he came to be king as an eight-year-old boy, God's testimony about him is that he did right that was in the sight of God. He walked in the ways of David his father. He, he followed the example that was before him. He obeyed God. He obeyed God with the right heart. And he didn't turn to the right hand or to the left. He wasn't looking for a way to get around. He just stayed on course. He did exactly what God wanted him to do. In the end, he did make some mistakes. The Bible reveals that he made a mistake that actually cost him his life. Because he wouldn't listen at the end of his life. But God still says about him, during these wicked times, that he lived a godly life. That he did that which was right in the sight of God. He left something valuable for those who came behind him. He left a godly legacy. And Josiah was able to say, you know what, in our wicked world today, I want to do that. I want God to say about me. I don't want to have necessarily men say about me or me say about me, especially not. But I want God to say about my life when I'm done. I think most of us agree with that, that he did that which was right in the sight of God. That when we get to heaven, God will say, well done, now good and faithful servant. That we did that which was right, that we followed God, that we had the right heart, that we lived for God according to his word. I believe if, you're, if we're here tonight that we want to have that testimony, that we desire to live for God. And God has given us testimonies all through the Bible. Hebrews chapter 11 is full of it. Of those who have gone ahead of us, who even in despite troubling times, even though despite persecution that came upon him, whatever the situation was, different people who by faith did that which was right and pleasing to God. That God gives the testimony that if they did that, you can do that as well. And God expects us to live godly for him no matter what is going on in the world today. No matter what happens, God is still expecting us until he calls us home to follow his word. God is still expecting us to do that which is right. So you might ask, well, how was Josiah able to build this legacy? How was Josiah able to live a godly life during those troubled and wicked times just before the Babylonians came and took out Israel? Well, we find the answer in verse number 3. It says, For in the eighth year of his reign, while he, while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. The idea here is implied that as long as he reigned, he was seeking God. While he was still young, he began to seek God, and he sought God his entire reign. That's, that's the idea. You cannot build a godly home, a godly marriage, godly career, whatever is in your life, without continuously seeking God. We cannot do what God expects us to do. God's Word commands us to do. We cannot accomplish that unless we are continuously seeking God. Continuously on our face before God saying, God, I need your strength to be able to do this today, to live for you today. God, I need you to guide me and protect me from outside influence. Protect me from myself. I'm continuously seeking God. God expects us to live a holy life today. God expects us to do that. But we can never do that unless we're continuously seeking God. That's what Josiah did while he was young. And you say, well, Brother Andrew, I'm not so young anymore. 
I'm not so young anymore. Not as young as I used to be anyways. None of us are. Can I say what the idea is here? Now. Wherever you are now, before any more time passes, that's when we need to start seeking God. You may have just gotten saved. Now's the time to continue seeking God. You may have been saved for years. Now is the time to continuously seeking God. Just continuously seek God. And as we seek God, if we are truly seeking God, truly asking God to do what He wants to in our life, it's going to make some changes in our life. That's what happened to Josiah. Look, it says, And while he was yet young, he began to seek after the God of David, his father. And in the twelfth year, he began to purge Judah and Jerusalem from the high places and the groves and the carved images and the molten images. After he began to seek God and seek God's face and try to follow the God of David, his father, and do it in such a way that God would say after he had passed away that he did that which was right in the sight of God. Josiah began to purge his nation from the sinful influences. Seeking God is always going to lead you to make a choice. You're not going to seek God and have nothing change in your life. If if you do, it's because you've stopped seeking God. If you seek God and seek God continuously, God is going to make some changes in your life. This was an interesting... I love this thing. It says, when the word purge there, when it says he began to purge his nation, purge the land of Judah in Jerusalem. The idea there, the the verb tense, I'm, I'm going to go geeky on you here in a second, but the verb tense is... Excuse me. Intensive. And what that means is, if the word, normal word, is break, when it's put in this verb tense, it gives the idea of shattered. Okay? It takes it, this is what happened, and it makes it, it impacts. It wasn't like, you know, you see the football game. You know the difference between somebody gets tackled and somebody gets just utterly creamed and just like, all there on the field, and he's just like, I can't get up. You see a quarterback after he's been hit four or five times, and he's no longer got sacked. He got absolutely laid out. That's the idea here. When Josiah began to go through the land, and he began to purge, he began to clean the land, he didn't go through and say, okay, we need to get rid of some things. No, the Bible talks about, okay, listen to this. And they break down the altars of Balaam in his presence. He didn't just give commands. You know what? We need to get rid of the idolatry that's in the land. He took the army. He took his men with him. And he went there and said, I'm watching you break this stuff down. And then he, 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 they were broken down in his presence, the Bible says. And he ground the idols to powder. And then he took... He didn't just break down the stuff. He took the priest's bones... And burn them upon their wicked, vile altars. When it, the Bible says he went through and began to purge the land, this is extremely active, extremely intense. Because Josiah had spent time seeking God, had spent time seeing who God was. He saw who God was, and that led him to see how vile and wicked the things are in his land. And he went through, 
He didn't just start knocking stuff over. No, he was destroying stuff. He was breaking down and grinding it into powder. He was desecrating the temples. Going, In fact, the land of the ten northern tribes, the tribes had already been removed. There were other people the Assyrians had brought in. And he goes up into that land where there had been conflict before between Israel and Judah. Remember that how Rehoboam had conflict and Jehoshaphat and other people had conflict with Israel. He goes up, back up into the land where they've been removed and where he begins to take out the old altars. He begins to take out of the northern tribe, not even necessarily in his realm. But he begins to expand his influence and say, this cannot be allowed. Because I've sought God and I realize who God is more, this cannot be allowed. This cannot be allowed where God is. In the dorms at Art Wilson, we had what was called Dorm day. You see, every day, if, you're a student, if you are a student, as my younger brothers and sisters are finding out, if you are a student at Heartland Baptist Bible College, you have what's called a dorm duty, if you live in the dorm. And each day, you have to go through and you have a certain duty. You have to clean part of the restroom or vacuum the hallway, and you have to keep your room clean. There's a certainty. But then comes dorm day. Brother, Brother Mike and Miss Kelly were RAs. They had to inspect during dorm days. And what they, they call that the white glove inspection day. Now, I'm not sure if the RAs literally put on a white glove when they went in. I think some of the girl RAs when I was in school did because they, they wrote us up for everything. But they went through and that was the difference. It wasn't he just went through and cleaned. He went through and just took it out. Recent, um, when I was in school, in high school actually, I watched... Part of my history, I watched a documentary on the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier. How many have ever been to Arlington Cemetery and seen the changing of the guard at the Tomb of the Unknown Soldier? I actually haven't seen it personally, but I've read about it. I've seen stuff about it. And the soldiers who prepare for that inspection spend hours just shining their shoes, cleaning each part of their rifle, every part. And they show up to, to guard the tomb of the unknown soldier. And each part is inspected before they are allowed the privilege of guarding the tomb of the unknown soldier. That's what, that was the intensity. That intensity was there when Josiah began to go through and clean out the land. He just did everything. He beat the images to powder. He cleaned it out. And later he restored the temple. And that is in the verses we read. But he restored the temple and the worship there. Because living for God always involves God's house. No matter where you are, if you're going to live for God, it involves doing things God's way. You cannot forsake the things that are dear to God. And Josiah, as he went through... And he began to clean out the land because he had spent time seeking God. That changed his view of who God was. And he began an utter clean out of the land. And that led him to prepare the temple. And eventually they would celebrate the Passover. And we don't have time to get into all that. But even in those wicked times, Josiah built a godly legacy. He lived for God in such a way that God said he did that which was right. 
in my eyes, not only did that, which was right, he walked in the ways of David, his father. He didn't take a deviation. He didn't take a shortcut. He stayed on course. Even during wicked and troubled times. And he did this by continuously seeking God and purposefully altering his lifestyle. Changing what he did, what was in his country, to match with the Word of God. He began to take the Word of God and apply it to the things in his country. Eventually, he would find a book of the law. And he would rend his clothes because he heard that the judgment that was coming on his land because of the sins in his nation. And yet, he still lived a godly life even during those wicked times. And we are a fallen people living in wicked times. But God is great. God is still great. God has not changed. God is merciful. And if we choose for Him, the times that we live on do not limit who God is. Do not limit what God is able to do. And God expects us to live for Him during these wicked times, no matter where we are. God expects us to still show up to church and to expand in our missions giving and to spread the gospel God has given us as Open Door Bible Baptist Church and Christians. God has given us the great commission to reach all the world. And He still expects us to complete that. He still expects us to reach our generation with the gospel of, with the gospel. That is why disciples are still on this earth. Matthew 5.14 in the Sermon on the Mount, Jesus says, Ye are the light of the world. A city that is set on a hill cannot be hid. Neither do men light a candle and put it under a bushel, but on a candlestick. And it giveth light unto all that are in your house. So what should disciples of Christ do? Let your light so shine before men that they may see your good works and glorify your Father which is in heaven. God still expects us to be a light in this dark city. God still wants us and has commanded us to live for God. So, today is a good time to live for God. It's a good time to live for God. For Josiah, he came into a wicked time. His grand, his father, his grandfather had been one of the most wicked kings of Judah to where God said even the heathen were were not as wicked as he was. And yet Josiah still came and had a legacy that he had done that which was right for God. That he had lived for God. Why? Because he sought God with his heart. And he allowed God's Word to change how he lived. To where that how he lived matched up with God's Word. He allowed God's Word to come, in his, come into his life and he began to purge. He began to intensively removed the wickedness that was in his land. And he led the people to come back and continue to serve God. Even though when he was gone, he knew they would rebel again. God had told him they're going to rebel again and they're going to be removed from the land. Yet he still continued to serve God. That was a good time to serve God. Today we live in a country that is beginning more and more to turn its back on God. Where people are, don't even care about God. Where if you go out on Wednesday night where we pass out tracts or Saturday morning and you pass out a tract to someone, they look at it and you tell them this is from the Bible and they just get a disgusted look on their face and they're like, what are you doing? This is New York City. The Bible doesn't belong here. If you listen to what the media has to say or what our governor said about New York State, there is no place for people who don't, who believe what the Bible says in New York State. You know what God has to say? It's still a good time and a good place to live for God. 
no matter what is going on, God still expects us to be a light showing good works so men can glorify our Father which is in heaven. It's a good time to live for God now. And if we are going to have God say at the end of our life, well done, now good and faithful servant, here's what it's going to boil down to. Are we seeking God? Are we continuously seeking God? Are we allowed, then if we are, if we say, yes, I'm reading my Bible. Yes, I'm praying. Alright, well if you're truly seeking God, that through those actions as you worship God, that is gonna change how you live. And if that's going to lead you to remove some things from your life. That is gonna re- lead you to add some things to your life, like attending church regularly and witnessing to other people. Josiah removed things from his life, and then as he began to worship in the temple and rebuild the temple, restore the worship, he began to add some things to his life. All through the Bible, we're told through the New Testament, Paul is writing and he says, flee that which is ungodly, but follow after righteousness. Stop, stop these things, start going this way. If you read all through the book of Ephesians and the other, especially when he's writing to Timothy, Paul's saying, you know what? Flee also youthful lust, fall after righteousness and godliness. The fruit of the Spirit, there's the works of the flesh, and there's the fruit of the Spirit. Today is a good time to live for God. Even in New York City, you can build a godly home. Even in New York City, you can have a godly marriage. You can live, you can work a career and not be dishonest. Even in New York City, you can, if you honor God with it. You can do that which is right and that which is good today. In fact, God still commands us to. Times do not limit God. God expects us. God commands us to continue to live for Him. We are fallen people living in wicked times. But God is still good. God is still powerful. And if we seek Him continuously and allow that seeking of God to change how we live our lives... We can hear, well done now, good and faithful servant, at the end of our lives. We can have God say, of, put in your name. They did that which is right in the sight of God. Even though wickedness was all around him, Josiah lived for God. Josiah did his best, even though he knew that God's judgment was still going to fall on his land. Even though he knew he had gone to the prophetess and she had told him through God, God's judgment is still going to fall on your land. Nothing you can do is going to alter that because of the sins of the people. God will always judge sin. And there's judgment coming on our land and on you if you don't serve God, on me. But God wants us to live for Him. God God commands us to. And today is a good time to live for God. No matter what is going on around us, whether it's wickedness, whether, it's a, whether it's, it might be, you say, everybody's coming to God and it's a wonderful time. You know what? We still need to live for God. Continuously seek God. And allow God's Word to change how we live our lives. There may be some people here today who say, yes, I've, re- I've read my Bible. I pray every day. Well, is God's Word changing your life? How is that seeking of God a 
drawing you closer to God and making you more like God. Because as we draw nigh to God, God's going to draw nigh to us, but God is holy. And as we draw closer to God, you know what that's going to mean? We're going to need to be more holy in our living as we seek God. God God commands us to draw closer to God. And today is a good time to live for God. No matter what is going on in our world, no matter what happens on Tuesday, it is still time to live for God and do what God's Word says. Let's pray. Dear Heavenly Father, Lord, we just thank You for today. We thank You for Your Word, Lord. We thank You that You are not altered by times, Lord, that You are not restricted by what is going on, but that You still, until You come back, expect us to live according to Your Word. I just pray that we would do that, that we would surrender to You and seek You and allow You to change our lives, Lord. In Jesus' name I pray. And if we just need to take a moment and pray there in our seats before we get into the prayer time, we'll just take a moment.